Hello, everybody. This is James from the No Breaking Podcast. We've been on the road today, and we've come down to Torrance, to Honda, to meet with Mr. Randall Smock, Senior Exterior Designer, as I understand it. Is that correct? That is right. And Rand, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. And firstly, I just want to say thank you as well to the guys from Honda and Acura for making yourself available to me today. And to you as well, because you've got a bit of a drive ahead of you this afternoon after this, we finish this up. That's right, right after this. So, Randall, you uh, obviously work here, but then you've got uh, another gig as well. What's that gig that you've got on the side? Um, so I'm also a teacher at Art Center College of Design. Um, it's actually part of the night program called Art Center at Night, uh, which is an kind of an introductory level um, experience that Art Center shows the students, you know, the, the type of work that they do, the level of professionalism that they want to teach you. Um, but more importantly, it gives students the chance to build a portfolio to even be considered for acceptance into the school. Um, and it's kind of a, it's close to my heart because that's actually right where I started. Okay. <laughs> so why don't we take a step back then and talk, mm -hmm. talk about how you actually got into the automotive side of the business then. What was it that was the spur that sort of kick-started all of that? Um, I mean, I've, I've been around cars all my life. Mm -hmm. um, my father was like a, a new and used car dealer. Um, so he would pick me up from school every day in a different car. Okay. <laughs> so you can imagine having um, this just influx of, you know, information and styling and why are cars bigger and smaller and different designs and different nationalities, right? Um, so that was a huge um, kind of inspiration to me and then of course my number one toy was Hot Wheels sure so again I'm used to seeing all these different shapes and themes um, and you know more powerful vehicles more luxury vehicles and then I think what put it over the top is for my fifth birthday I was given um, a mini Corvette to drive uh, what color was the <laughs> mini Corvette it originally was red okay uh, but not for long I requested it to be black with red, yellow, and orange flames. Oh, that is... <laughs> so who did the workmanship on this? Was this yourself that you did this, or...? Um, I just made the request. I okay. did not do a sketch for this one, um, but my dad had, you know, many connections in the industry, obviously, and had a body shot painted, and it came out beautiful. So I had a pretty nice ride. And do you still have it to this day? <laughs> I do not. Um, what happened to it? Don't yeah, tell me it ended up going to a I think it went to a, a garage sale of sorts. Oh, <laughs> One of those. Is that what it's sort of when you were looking the other way and it sort of got passed out the back door kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, I mean, you, you grow up and you see it every day in the garage and it kind of gets jaded. And then one day it's not there anymore and then you forget to ask and then a couple of weeks later when you do ask, it's yeah, like, Yeah, oh. or more like 30 years later you look back and say, why don't I still have that? <laughs> <laughs> so what was it then that sparked it to move more on to the design aspect, I should say? Right. Yeah, so, I mean, along those lines, I thought cars were you know, like boats or airplanes, that engineers made them. And they, they look the way they do because they have to, right? Sure. Because of aerodynamics, uh, manufacturing limitations, and things like that. Um, but out of the blue, when I was a sophomore in high school, um, I was given an, an English um, assignment, write a letter to a big corporation, a business. Mm -hmm. It can be about praising their product or asking about the company, whatever. Um, being a car guy, I wrote to GM, and it was very simple. I like cars, I like General Motors, I like Corvettes. Mm -hmm. um, I've got a bunch of experience in riding one rounded one. Is that something like that? Yeah. With exactly. black, with flames That's on the right. side? And I think I even included a, like a fine art drawing okay. of a Corvette. So I didn't expect anything back. And I'm from Arizona originally, so sending this to Detroit. Um, one week later, <laughs> I got a package 
from GM. Yeah. The fat package that told all about like the type of careers they have. They weren't offering me a job or anything, but um, just all about their company. And then the most interesting part was um, a nine by nine package of, of student work um, interns over the summer. And this was the summer of 89. Okay. So now I'm getting, you know, my interest is really getting peaked, right? There's a bio picture of the guy or each person. And then some sketches on there. And they're just like beautiful concept car sketches, but they were drawings, not engineering. Mm -hmm. um, and so that really kind of sparked uh, this idea that, oh, wow, people design cars like almost like art rather than just making cars the way they have to be. Um, and so in addition to that, they had a list of schools that offered industrial design classes. And at that time, there's only two, yep. Art Center in California and CCS in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And being in Arizona at the time, I said, hey, mom, let's go check out this school in Pasadena. Sure. Uh, we flew over, and I saw the uh, student gallery with, you know, 20 by 40 renderings, cl uh, uh, painted clay models. And I, I, to this day, I remember this moment. I, my, 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 my mind clicked, and I said, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. Uh, but I was only 16. So <laughs> I talked to the counselor, and they said, yeah, you know, finish up your high school, maybe get a general education out of the way. Come back and see us. And so I did that. Um, and that kind of brings us full circle to um, entering our center at night around when I was 24 or something like that. Okay. So, and then what's the difference then between the night program and like the day program? Can you explain a little bit about sure. that? Sure. Yeah. The day program, it's, um, it's, you would actually get a Bachelor of Science mm -hmm. in Transportation Design. Um, and of course, they have many tracks. You do product design, environmental, whatever. But um, to get into the school, though, they have a really high level of expectation because the in my opinion, they are the best school in the world for car design. Um, and they want to maintain that identity. So you can't just show up and say, hey, I want to draw cars. Um, so they need to see a portfolio of about four or five projects. And as a, you know, a young person who just likes to draw cars, you don't really know what it means to have a project. Sure. Right? So um, as an instructor there myself, I, you know, I try to walk them through this process of um, identifying your objective, right? Who is it for? What's, what are you trying to achieve with it? Uh, when is it going to be made? What are special features about it? As well as inspiration. And then you walk them through the ideation process is, uh, along with uh, kind of showing them proportions of different vehicles. Um, and then you give them set objectives and after three or four weeks they do some renderings and that kind of closes out the project. Sure. So you need to do about four or five of those which is going to take you you know, about six months to a year. Um, you know, the school's on a trimester system, three terms a year. Um, so like myself, most people take about a full year to build up a substantial portfolio just to be considered. Sure, and when you started, when you did your portfolio, what were the, like, the four or five projects that you like focused on? Um, it was interesting, because I was, I didn't know how to draw. I, before, you know, we didn't have internet back then. <laughs> so this is how old we are. Um, I was just drawing sketches that I saw in magazines like Mark Sternberger, for sure. example. And I'm just trying to draw what I see, but I didn't understand what it was. So in the school, they, they teach you why you're drawing what you're drawing. And uh, some of the assignments that they gave me were like um, a small electric car, mm -hmm. which at the time was just mind-blowing. Mind blowing. Yeah. Absolutely. And so one thing I remember is uh, my teacher, Stan Kong. He was like my first teacher and just an uh, amazing inspiration. Um, very simply, he said, just make sure it looks not just different, but it looks different for a reason based on the power source, right? Mm -hmm. And so I thought, all right, well, you know, you're getting rid of this big ICE engine, put in a little electric batteries or something. Let's 
start chipping away at the uh, engine bay. And so noticeably it was very different, but not just to be different. It was mm -hmm. very uh, purposeful. Um, so that was one of my vehicles. And then we did um, some advanced projects as well. And I think it started to get a little bit more fun. Um, I think the project was as crazy as um, imagine you're on another planet and you're doing this like flat out cross-country race. Okay. And so you have to figure out, you know, what kind of vehicle are you going to have and why? Like, how is it uh, interacting with the environment? Mm -hmm. So um, I did some giant sail panel vehicle. Um, imagine like a sailboat. Sure. Um, but more on the ground, kind of like a landslide, right? Yep. But I just made it massive, really huge, and again, made it very, very different than what you would normally expect. You know, not like an airplane necessarily. So that's kind of the, the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. So it's wide, you could say, and vast. Yeah, very wide. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was a great experience. Um, and all along the way, you're learning all the techniques, like pencil, marker, chalk, you know, all the manual skills. Mm -hmm. It's fading out these days, but um, still very crucial, I think. Yeah. Um, and I have the pleasure of you know, showing students those techniques still. Because um, a lot of people jump into the digital world. Um, but it can, it can be a crutch sometimes, and I think it's really important to still understand what a marker represents and when to bring in the chalk and what those benefits are. And when you know that and you jump into the digital world, um, it kind of changes your mindset from how other people might be doing it. Okay. So you obviously still teach the class uh, on this nightly class that's also not only taught at the facility in Pasadena, but also at the satellite office at my old haunt, the Peterson Museum, is that correct? That's right. Um, actually, I'm teaching three classes right now. Um, on Tuesday nights, actually, um, I teach right here at Honda. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is through Art Center, but we host them, mm -hmm. and they it's great. They come down here to us. So that's a really easy commute for you, that, you then? Yeah, I just I clock out here, and then I go to the next room. Okay, that's not too bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that one is Introduction to Transportation Design. And then on Thursdays, the one I'll go to tonight is called Intro to Communication Sketching. Mm -hmm. So this is actually not about cars. This is more of those basic skills of how do you draw like, geometric forms and okay. how do you do the different medium to draw with and somewhat rendering and different materials and stuff like that. It's kind of a nice break for me because doing demos, I get to draw stuff that don't have wheels. Yeah, sure. <laughs> as, as much as I'm passionate about cars. It's kind of nice to do more producty stuff as well. Certainly not. I'm sure you do things with a lot of wheels in your like nine to five job. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. So that's Thursday, and then on Saturdays, the one um, that we're doing, it's only in the summer that we hold it at the Peterson, mm -hmm. um, but it's an amazing setup um, with the recently remodeled uh, museum. They included these two, almost like a fishbowl, right? Two yep. rooms. One is a lab. One's more of a gallery space, and we're over there. Um, and that one is called, it's, it's a class I created <laughs> called Transportainment. So Vehicles in Entertainment. Okay. Um, and it's something that I thought of uh, during my time. I was at the advanced studio uh, for a stint. And the, t the kind of stuff we were working on, you know, could have been out of a video game or out of a movie. So I thought, I, we should make a class like this. Because um, we have the transportation tract and we do have entertainment tract. Yep. But there's no bridge to it. And so sure. I wanted to bring sort of the expertise of the automotive world, how to approach designing a vehicle, but with the fun and the freedom of entertainment. So that's the kind of class we teach on Saturday, and that's only in summers. Okay. Um, on spring and fall, we'll do some other class, like advanced transportation or something like that. Sure. And then so if we take a step back then from after you uh, going through the night class at uh, Arts and Ecology Design, what was, and then I'm assuming, does that mean you're going back to do the day class then? 
once you sort of qualify with your portfolio? That's right. So um, you get the portfolio put together, you submit it for review. Um, ideally, people talk to counselors along the way to mm -hmm. get some feedback. So it's they know when they should be submitting. Um, and then, yeah, you get accepted and you start um, the next three years of your life. <laughs> and so how were those three years then? Oh, it was great. It was great. Like, um, I didn't really enjoy high school so much, but I absolutely loved going to Art Center. And it's not a bad location either, to be honest. It's beautiful. Right, right up there in the hills of Pasadena above the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Nice windy road, drive up there, but, you know, keep the speed down. Yeah, always, always <laughs> keep the speed down. No, it, it is beautiful. I actually, I really like Pasadena. In fact, I, I stayed there after I got my job here. I still made the commute just because I love living out there. Sure. No, it's a, a it's a low, and California, well, Los Angeles and California itself isn't a bad place to be. Absolutely. And so where did you go? Where was it after you finished off at the Arts and College of Design? Where was you, what were your next steps or where did you go from there? Right. So, um, well, during the school, I had a, an internship with Mazda mm -hmm. and over in Irvine. And that went really well. Um, in fact, I met with the, the their managers from Japan, and they said, this is looking great. Um, just go back to your eighth term, come back, and we've got a spot um, at a new studio in Japan. I thought, hey, that would be great. Yep. And more importantly, it kind of took the pressure off of me because I had one more final term, and you've done all this work and all, this, all these bills you're racking up. <laughs> um, and it's like, oh, I hope I get a job, right? So this, that kind of took the pressure off. Um, but when I graduated, I'd done one more project. Um, I selected to do a Mercedes project. Um, and so during my um, graduation, you know, Art Center has this awesome event, uh, the Senior Grad Show. And it's like the perfect way to interview because mm -hmm. it's not like you doing cold calls. Sure. Um, you've got a wall space full of your renderings, your digital models, physical models. You dress up in your suit and then for a week, studio chiefs just come through. It's like a trade show, yep. and you're the product. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. Um, and so during that time, uh, some Mercedes guys came through, and they saw what I was doing and piqued their interest, said, hey, let's meet again later. Um, and so I followed up with a second interview, and same thing. They said, hey, this looks good. Uh, we'd like to send you over to Germany. <laughs> I said, all right, that sounds great. Um, and then the third uh, offer, I guess, was um, from my teachers, because the cool thing about Art Center is your teachers are active professionals. So, you know, a few names like uh, Dave Merrick, yep. Ricky Sue, these were teachers of mine. <laughs> so uh, by the time you get, by the time you graduate, you get to know them, they get to know you, and you can start to understand if you're a fit or not. Sure. So um, when, when I talked to Dave and uh, they made the offer, I, I kind of seal on that one because um, I have a passion for Honda in general. Um, even as a kid, um, it was one of my first cars, and I just I, I love how they build cars, the consideration mm -hmm. for people. Um, so having that plus um, the ability to go to Japan a lot, I, I have an interest in the Japanese culture as well. Sure. So, but I can stay in California. <laughs> so it was just like, why would I not take this job? Yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty. Pretty good when you put it like that. It's like, why would you turn it down? Yeah. So um, I took that one, and three weeks after graduation, I I started here. And then, so how when can I ask you to date yourself and say when was it that you started back here? Then. Yep, that was October two thousand one. Okay, so seventeen years almost. Long time. Yes. 
So what's changed then in that from when you started at 2001, when you first came in mm -hmm. here, what was the first things that you were looking at working on, or the projects that you were in um, Well, as, a, as the younger guy, um, they want you to sketch probably more um, adventurous stuff because mm -hmm. um, as you get older, you learn more and you get a little, I don't say jaded, but you get a little more wise, let's say. Sure. And that kind of holds you back sometimes, uh, possibly. And so they let the younger guys like myself at the time try some newer crazy concepts. So obviously I can't explain exactly what it was, but um, I, right off the bat, I had a chance to do um, this kind of pretty cool design, um, unconventional design, I should say. And um, we made it into a full-size inside-outside model. Okay. And so that was like a, an eye-opener moment. Like, wow, I've been doing drawings, I've done quarter-scale models at school, but here's like this full-size car in front of me. And actually, I can even get in and sit in it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so speaking of that, because obviously, if that's your first one, how did it feel when you've actually seen something you take from paper, not just a quarter size, but to full size? What was the, the realization of like that? Sure. I mean, it's obviously very exciting, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's a realization. It's a, it's a birth, right? Uh, but it's also a little bit intimidating because uh, you're confronted with what you did. <laughs> sure. Was there anything that when you saw it, like at full size, you're like, you know, we should have... Even the one you oh, wanted to take ste steps further and like sure, that? Sure, of course. And that's a very natural process, right? That's the whole idea is you, you work at a scale to make your large stroke moves. Then you commit to something you think is a pretty good stab at it, go to full size. And then there is some translation lost in quarter scale to full size. Okay. Um, and when you work in quarter scale, you actually have to exaggerate things a little bit. Um, not to be cheating, but to get the effect of what you might see when it goes full size. Sure. But when you faithfully scale that up to full size, now the proportions might be off again a little bit. Okay. So it's you have to sort of cheat it a little bit, and then you see it in full size, um, and then you can do a second round and kind of tune it up. And you kind of repeat this process several times um, in you know in a normal process. And then how many was it? Just how many people would have been in that team that created that that vehicle? I would um, say that concept. There was just a couple of us on the exterior design side, so I'm specifically exterior. Yep. And then there was a couple guys doing interior. interior. Mm -hmm. sure. And of course you have your, your um, product planning team, um, your modeling team and so on. Um, but yeah, it, it was me and um, another coworker I've spent a lot of time with, um, Young Choi. Um, it was one of the first projects we worked on together and it was great. You know, I just started the job and they said, why don't you and Young Go to Europe for two weeks, <laughs> do some research. It's terrible. It's like, well, okay, if that's what I had to do. You twisted my arm. It's like really <laughs> awful. I can't believe you're doing this. Yeah, so we, we spent a week in Paris and then a week in Milan. And Even worse. We, yeah, you know, terrible spots. But uh, we came up with a great concept and came back and drove it home. But uh, it didn't become anything, unfortunately. <laughs> well, no. Well, I mean, there's, I'm going to assume that that happens in lots of cases, uh, though. Most of what we do, you don't see. Yeah, that's right? what I was going to say, because reality. obviously there's, there's only a finite... I mean, otherwise, yeah. it'd be so many... I mean, the costs would rise astronomically in every sense. That's right. If, we, if everything yeah. was th thought of was pushed through the market. Yeah, we cannot build every sketch we make, because yeah. we do thousands and thousands of sketches. But I'm guessing that maybe some stuff from that first one that you did is probably your design ideology and has maybe followed through in other things that you've worked on, possibly. Uh, yeah, likely. And the thing is, though, design is also a little bit like fashion, and there's trends, obviously. So yeah. it's not only your own personal input, but you have to stay relevant and not only doing what's out now, but usually projecting where is it going. Okay. And that's a hard thing to do. You know, the, we don't have a crystal ball, and we don't have a, a set guidebook, you know, of what to do. So you sort of have to have your finger on the pulse of society, mm -hmm. right? 
Um, and so you want to do things that look relevant, but pushing the boundaries, but you also have to be flexible as those trends change. Um, so, you know, things will go from very, like, planar and rigid to, you know, very organic and round sure. and whatever it happens to be. And then you still, you have to jump on board, but then put your own twist to it. And so uh, of the projects that you've gone that we actually could talk about, which are the ones that uh, you see where they are now and ha where, and you're currently, or you've just finished, I should say, working on? Could you tell us a little bit about those? Um, sure. So the first one, I mean, I had a chance to do a lot of support on, like, uh, minor model changes and stuff, you know, lighting support, wheel support, and so on. Um, but it, I had the chance to get my first full-size production car mm -hmm. um, that turned out to be the 2008 Acura TSX. Okay. Um, so that's the, t the second generation where it got a little bit bigger. Um, and that was my first full exterior theme that was chosen. And I got a chance then to follow through and really see what the, the process is to now make it real. Mm -hmm. um, very exciting. Um, it was a good time for Acura as well. Um, and then after that, I, I was a project leader for a few other design proposals, um, which led one thing to another and ended up giving me the chance to work in Japan. Yep. So I did a two-year stint over there, um, right outside of Tokyo in uh, Wakoshi. Okay. Um, basically the design headquarters for Honda. Um, and at that time, I was still in the Acura side of business. And um, I had a chance to work on some really early development of what is now the RLX, mm -hmm. um, but again, this is 2008 and 2009, so quite a while ago. It, it had changed sure. quite a bit. Yeah. But um, So the, for the first year there, I did that. The second year, um, I worked on the outgoing RDX. Um, again, not my theme necessarily, but I was a, a team support, mm -hmm. got to work on a bunch of stuff on it, um, and then had a great experience of just working on what I would call the mothership, right? This is where, this is the heart of Honda. Um, I made connections and relationships with people who have since then come back here and have been my bosses. Okay. So that was really Certainly helpful. helpful. Yeah. yeah, very helpful. Um, so, yeah, after that, I went to the AD studio, as I mentioned, which at that time was in Pasadena again. So I love living there. Um, that was about a year and a half and a lot of exciting stuff that I can't really talk about. Uh, but I got like a handful of, again, full full size inside outside models, very mm -hmm. conceptual and just. It was a really nice relief coming from hardcore production in Japan where you're fighting to move a line like one or two millimeters. Sure. <laughs> compared to, you know, how about flying and autonomous and all this kind of stuff. So it was, it kind of leveled me back out so that I was ready to come back to this facility. Mm -hmm. um, and when I did that, um, I had the chance to win the sketch for the, the current um, uh, Honda Odyssey minivan. Okay. Um, so the one out there with all the, the action body surfacing, uh, that was also exciting. So I kind of jumped from Acura to Honda and then back again now with um, our most recent development, the 2019 RDX. Sure. And so speaking of the RDX, what was it that, that you saw as your influence, I should say, in regards to that? What was it that, that sort of came about for that um, one? This one, we, we were set up quite nicely. Um, we had a very clear direction, um, more so than any other time in my career, I would say. Um, you know, the NSX was finally out again, mm -hmm. um, really strong. And then the precision concept car out there to really show what our language and the idea of being precision crafted performance ideology again. Um, and basically we had those two things and they said, okay, take all this really cool stuff and 
apply it to a, a midsize SUV. Yep. And it, it, that's not very natural transition, right? Because the precision concept is a sedan or a sport yeah. sedan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, you know, we embraced the, the challenge, and it was a really good formula. Um, it's not that we were asked to cut and paste the lines, because that's not going to work, you know, changing those proportions. No, I'd assume it's all different, of course. Yeah, completely. But you can take the spirit of it, and the spirit was very pure. Um, so along those lines, we took the idea of, okay, this is a, a sport sedan going on an SUV. So we kind of twisted it up and called it a sport sedan utility vehicle. Okay. An SSUV an instead of SUV. Sure. And that was kind of our tagline for the whole project. Yeah. And people got it. It mm-hmm. worked really well. And I've had the chance to drive it, and it is a sport sedan utility vehicle. I mean, this thing just handles really well, very confident, um, but it's it's sporty but completely useful at the same time. Sure. And so that leads on to my n- another question. Also. So how do you guys work, for example, with the engineering side? How, what is? I'm assuming there's probably going to be lots of push and pull between the two in regards to how it goes. But what's what's the sort of how does it work? Can you explain a little bit more about that? It's um, constant fighting. Okay, yeah, I like to be polite and say push and pull, but no, constant fighting yeah, is if probably you can see more me, realistic. I'm, I'm bumping fists, yeah, you know, head head butting, but um, it's it's a friendly friendly challenge, basically. Sure. Um, I mean, they want to make a great product as well, yeah. and they're experts at what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, it's been a really um, enlightening experience. Um, in the past, you know, I was sort of lead designers. I was the lead designer on past projects, but this time I was the project leader. So I I had to really push this thing through and make this thing work. Uh, But because of that, um, I learned a lot, actually, from all these engineers. Um, And, you know, all their requests aren't to, you know, spoil your design. They're they're looking out for their checks, and they want to make the best car that they can make, too. So when you approach it that way, you're a little bit more... I don't know, you have more empathy, I guess. Sure. <laughs> and you're like, okay, they're trying to help me out, right? I just need to make it work. Yeah. So, um, but it was very educational, and um, there are times where you lose some battles, but uh, there's times you win some battles. And I think the takeaway on this project, um, even if you ask our, our, our large project leader, um, it's, there was really ultimately no compromise. I think everyone got what they wanted, and it's you can tell this car is exactly as it should be. Sure. I will say that uh, my father-in-law, Michael, is very much looking forward to getting a new RDX. Excellent. And he's, he's looking to make the purchase next year. And so he is listening, so he'll be even happier now <laughs> that he gets to hear his name on there. He wanted me to tell you that he really, really likes the Acura design. And his wife had the old TSX, the one that you designed the second series, and oh, she wow. very much liked that too. Excellent. So there you Keep go. It so in the family. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Which also I thought was good because I, I do think the Acura design language seems very much in style with the ones the cars all seem very much in the same family. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. with that being the case with what you've just designed, where do you think the future of design maybe go? What are you looking to work on? Or your ideas, where do you think it's going moving right. forward? Uh, well, obviously, I can't say specifically what I'm doing next. Sure. Um, uh, I'm still Otherwise, I wouldn't be allowed out of the building. That's not allowed right. out of this room. <laughs> um, but I could speculate about sort of where the industry is going mm-hmm. um, and what I look forward to along that. Um, we see a lot of things with... Um, you know, as, as we get more technology, but we're also trying to make things more efficient and more safe, along with that comes a lot of regulations and restrictions, right? government restrictions and sure. such, uh, pedestrian safety and things like that. It makes design all the more challenging. Um, and then if you take that and expand that to anything that's going to be on a global market, mm-hmm. um, now you have those individual markets that you have to appease as well. Um, it gets harder, but our, our role is to 
um, make all of that work, but still be very emotional, very exciting. Um, I think we're doing that now, um, but as we move forward, we see a lot more of this um, idea of kind of uh, autonomy and electrification, mm -hmm. and that's really exciting. I'm actually quite interested. I mean, I'm a bit of a driver myself, so I'd like to have you know stick shift and sure. a steering wheel in my hands, but I'm also kind of a futurist in that I would embrace you know this next push into um, electrification and autonomous cars, um, and also with new technologies like materials and manufacturing processes, it's opening up some new things actually, how we can handle typical design processes or design challenges. Um, so I'm, I'm seeing um, the industry I think is about to have like a rebirth almost. Okay. You know, I feel like it's like a, the second version of you know, the turn of the century, right? There's, with all these new uh, technologies, um, th the normal rule book, I think, is kind of going out the window. There's still things that we that we like to hold, right? The dash to axle, you know, signature premium elements, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but that's sort of the new challenge is how do we take, how do we embrace this next trend like we were talking about before? How do we embrace this trend and not throw out everything that's good about who we are? Yep. Right? So that's going to be the next role, I think, is how do we keep PCP or precision crafted performance still embody into the new technologies as they move forward, you know, and, and make cars that people want to be in. Sure. And is that, so how, to explain a little bit with the, that philosophy of the PSP that you're going, is that more obviously the, and you work on the exterior side, so how is it that the new materials, how is that changing the way you're design? How is that sort of improving the way, I mean, like you said, the regulations are for safety, I'm guessing there's things like emissions that are all different. How does that all come into play? Um, like I said, it's, in if you approach it in the old way, um, a lot of these technologies or requirements get in your way. Mm -hmm. But if you just embrace them and, and work around them and design them rather than trying to shoehorn them in, sure, he, you know, approach it head on. So that means everything going forward is going to be like a large sailboat kind of, <laughs> kind of thing? If I had my way. <laughs> We'd all be like on Jabba the Hutt's barge kind of thing? Is that what you that think? would be awesome. Yeah. So... In your own personal life, then, so what is it? You said you do like to drive. You do like the stick shift. What is it that you drive now? Um, I actually just picked up, uh, almost maybe two months ago, um, a 2004 Boxster. Okay. Um, my first Porsche. Yep. It's pretty fun. I like that one. Uh, but I've, I'm kind of a, you know, starting off with a mini car, right? It's a convertible, so I'm kind of partial to convertibles. Okay. Uh, my first car was at 16, um, an 86 Mustang GT convertible. Very nice. Very appropriate amount of power for a, a small 16-year-old boy. Yeah, of yeah. course, perfect. <laughs> you're, in, you're in Arizona, so the only thing you got to worry about is a seatbelt, right, burning you. Yeah, exactly. That, and it's convertible, so it never gets yeah, hot. Not you at all. Open the, take well, the you're top going off. fast, you create a breeze. Exactly, yeah. Um, so... You know, again, a convertible, but then after that, I went to, um, it started to fall apart. <laughs> and um, I, I bought a 92 Honda Civic hatchback. Okay. CX. Okay. So at the time, this is the cheapest Honda you could possibly buy. Mm -hmm. Didn't even have a mirror on the right-hand side, right? No painted door handles. No need. No need. 13-inch, maybe 12-inch wheels or something like that. And I loved it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My friends thought I was crazy. They said... Where's your huge, you know, V8 yep. sports car? And I said, well, you got to understand, in that, in that car, it's all about the engine. And you're just sort of strapped on. You're yep. just holding on, mm -hmm. which is part of the thrill. I get yeah. it. But when I got onto the, this Honda, it just fit me. 
and it was like, whoa, what is this all about? It's just, it was very modern, mm-hmm. um, but very clean and simple, and I, I could see out of it really well, and I could reach all the buttons, and I, I was sold at that point. It's like, oh my gosh, this company gets it, right? Yep. So that sold me on Honda, and then as I got working here, if I fast forward, um, I still wanted a convertible. So uh, when the S2000 came out, I had um, an 06 S2000, and that was a great car. Yeah. Because it, it was my daily driver, but then I could also take it to the track. Sure. Uh, so I, I got into some track day events um, about a year and a half before I moved to Japan. Mm-hmm. And that was great. Things like uh, places like Button Willow, Willow Springs. Um, and the highlight of my life, I think, was when I took it to Laguna Seca. Yeah. <laughs> and I have this picture of me on the, on the corkscrew coming, coming down. down. And I'm just like, that's it. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> As long, and, and no one realizes, but it really you don't see it. No, so you, you get right on it, and yeah. there's the, just all the drop. You, just, you aim for a tree, I think, yeah. and go off the cliff, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> But I will say that, that Honda has certainly got its performance pedigree in regards to some of its cars. It's more reasonably mm-hmm. priced cars, like the Civic uh, Type R, which is just the new one here for the state for the first time, which mm-hmm. is a fantastic car to drive, I might add, since I've had a chance to go on one. Oh, really? I haven't driven it yet, but it seems amazing. You should amazing. twist these guys' arms in the room, <laughs> see if they'll let you. Yeah, see? Yeah, Andrew said, yeah, you can do it. <laughs> Uh, no, it's a, it's a really is a fantastic car driver, and, I, and I've got to twist Andrews. I'll see if I can have a go on the NSX, so you can <laughs> let me know if that one's any good. But I mean, it's the performance as you're seeing and carrying it through, and I think that we're also seeing in the industry now where cars are also significantly faster than they've ever been before, mm-hmm. just at any level of the the organ, be it the smallest ones, the most expensive ones, yep. and then also much more efficient yep. and safer than ever before. That's right. So I'm, I'm going to assume that with all those regulations, it's, it's doing something right. Oh, absolutely. That's why I say it's not a bad thing at all. That's why we just need to embrace it and because it's for the better for everyone, right? Um, and as you said, it, it is more efficient, and that's great to be um, to have good miles per gallon, but it's also efficiency in just how the engine works, and sure. that's why you're getting more output. And it's Yeah, technology is great. And I think it's, I mean, even you might give some credit to your colleagues on the interior design team, because obviously there's also the ergonomics and the efficiency in making that better. That's right. Back in the day, I do know there was some cars that were really not (laughs) the most ideal to be sat in for a couple of hours. And nowadays, it's pretty easy to go long distances in any car. It really is. And you're right. I have a huge respect for um, our interior designers. Um, It's a really hard job, I think. Not only do you have to come up with um, the theme of the car, right? But it's composed of all these different separate products. Yep. You know, there's hundreds of small products that they're designing that all have to sort of work together and then create this, you know, harmony um, theme in front of you. And you're dealing with so many different materials. Whereas myself, what do I have? Some plastic, some metal, some rubber. Maybe some carbon <laughs> fiber if you're lucky. Yeah, it's, you know, a little bit easier. So, yeah, I, I thoroughly respect the interior designers. And, the, and then everyone that sort of talks about the interior, everyone just complains about their Apple CarPlay taking like six seconds to like sync instead of like four. <laughs> That's the main complaint. It's awful. Uh, we'll work on that. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just journalists being terrible like me. But uh, so if someone is interested in wanting to pursue a career in design, what advice would you give them? Uh, well, fortunately, now that we do have the internet compared to when I was there, mm-hmm. um, there is so much more information online, and there's so many demos and, and YouTube videos and such. And I'm seeing that actually in my students; um, they're coming to the class with more experience, okay, just because they're exposed to more information, which is great. And uh, that kind of just puts them one step ahead. So, anytime you can just you know monkey see, monkey do kind of thing, just get on and, and see 
how people are drawing cars and why. Hopefully they're insightful when they're doing these things. Um, start sketching, start drawing, um, but don't just draw what you see. It's not like drawing still life. You, okay. you want to draw what you want or what you want to say. Um, and then that'll give you kind of a head start, but I highly recommend going, if you can make it out to Pasadena, definitely join um, Art Center at night. Mm-hmm. Um, we, it's a great system because it's, it, we call these classes introduction, this introduction, that, um, because it's just that. You're introducing them to this world, and they may not hit it off, you know, but um, usually they get excited about it, they try it, it whets their appetite, um, and then they can't get enough, right? So just um, it's all about mileage. Um, if you have the interest, uh, most people have a lot of great ideas in their head. It's just they struggle with getting it on paper. Sure. So if they can just kind of break that ice and learn how to sketch their ideas, um, it it's a it builds up motivation and encourages themselves, and they'll they'll sketch more and then do better. So it's really just do do do. And for sim- uh, simple folk like myself, when you say sketch, is it purely just pen, paper, pencil, um, or going more into I different actually, kinds of materials, or is there any? I support all kinds okay. of, of um, medium. Actually. Granted, the, the most natural is just, you know, pencil and paper, pen mm-hmm. and paper. Um, if you get your hands on some markers, that'd be great. Uh, but because so many people have Photoshop these days, um, people start sketching right away digitally. Okay. And that's totally fine. Um, but I actually like to mix it up myself. Um, I'll do just pen on paper, then scan that in, or sometimes pencil because you get a different drag on the paper and sure. the, the line quality changes. Which I say sure and I can probably not like, oh, point yeah. out the difference <laughs> between the two, but I, I believe you and I certainly you've sold me. Well, as an example, like pen and paper is more about precision and yeah. just layout mm-hmm. and pencil and paper is a little bit more artistic. You can get okay. a, a well, line can be really thin and then thick, sure. light and dark, something like that. Um, and then, yeah, jump online or jump on your screen and draw with a, a Wacom tablet and that's a whole other interface, a different experience. So just keep changing it up, and you'll get different designs rather than always draw the same view with the same technique. You're going to get the same car. And then do you think that the technology that as you progressed through from when you first started going into where you are now, the technology and comparing it with what we consider maybe the old school techniques, is that helping you when you're keeping and moving forward in your design theory? I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's nice to do the manual stuff, but again, like when you're sketching digitally, I don't have to have something that's a pinpoint, right? Mm-hmm. I can sketch with like a palette knife if I want to. Yep. I can like just sweep surfaces rather than drawing lines and boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, as we continue on with more newer technologies like VR and such, now we're, we're starting to like physically swipe lines and, and turn it and have a 3D model right in front of us. So yep. This is awesome stuff. So I, I fully embrace it, and I think everyone should. You know, just take as the technology goes. Again, that's part of that that trend. That leap. Yeah, take. exactly. So just embrace it and um, make it your own. Yeah. Well, Randall, you've been absolutely fantastic, and I really want to appreciate your time and as well the other guys in the room for all their help in setting this up. It's been absolutely fantastic. Um, if people wanted to find out more information on the Arts Center College, where, what's the website they should be going to to find out about that? Um, I think if you just searched, if you just Googled Art Center College of Design, yeah. um, it's probably going to pop up quite quickly. Probably going to. Would that be similar for Acura and Honda as well? Yeah. If someone to search for them, they could probably <laughs> pop up quite quickly. I think so. Yeah, you're looking for a big orange dot. A big That's orange their logo. dot. 
And then I'd also like to thank everyone else, all the, everyone for listening here. And of course, if you've got any questions, you can find us at No Breaking on Instagram and Facebook and also www.nobreaking.com. Thank you so much, everyone. And thank you everyone for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks.